Welcome to another edition of Viatorian Voices Conversations on the Way. This is pre-associate Dan Masterton, and I'll be your host for these episodes in the Boulder Dreams series for ministerial formation. Today, we focus on new media and storytelling. For this topic, our guest is Father Brendan McAleer, CSC. Brendan is a religious priest of the Congregation of the Holy Cross. Father Brendan has worked in vocation ministry and college campus ministry, and he currently serves as an associate producer for Grotto Network. Grotto is a digital ministry that seeks to share the hope of our church and inspire people to live boldly, primarily through video, articles, podcasts, and social media. Father Brendan is developing skills in new media to augment his ministry in support of the church and the Congregation of Holy Cross. To start, I asked him what role new media, such as social platforms, podcasts, and other video-forward communications, have to play in the life of the church and its efforts to evangelize. Enjoy the conversation. The realm of social media technology, it's, it's an interesting area in the sense of there's pros and cons to it, obviously. But I think if we think of like the history of the church, you know, St. Paul at the Areopagus, you know, of using the means, using the language, using the kind of communication of the time, it's essential that we're involved and maybe leading in certain areas of social media. I see it as, a, as one piece of the puzzle, though. Like we don't want li- people living on these on these platforms. That's how I see it. It's like the initial kind of billboard on the expressway of the virtual world, like leading something to more more depth and ultimately hopefully real people and community and the faith. And just that the topic of storytelling, you know, of like it's another way of storytelling of of the faith and evangelization and an invitation. And it taps into a lot of how people, Catholic and non-Catholic, but a lot of Catholics in their more secular realm are like expressing themselves creatively and, and stuff. So I think it's important that we're that we're there. So when it comes to Instagram, particularly, it would be very popular for millennials and everyone younger than millennials to be on there, but maybe not super common for priests and religious to always be on there, or maybe institutions and congregations are, but individuals aren't, but you are. What value do you see there and why do you make the choice to try to be a presence on social media, whereas other people might choose not to? Great question. Um, Yeah, I kind of forget, but I'm like, I bet if you go through, I've probably created and deleted like 10 different Facebook accounts and Instagram (laughs) over the years. years. So with Instagram in particular, I think that started with, I just have a huge family. I have 12 nieces and nephews. It's like a way of like keeping up with family and photos and rather than these group chats that are like, you know, never ending possibilities of combinations of group chats with the big families and stuff. So it started that way. And then I moved into vocation work. And for me, it was a way of when I would kind of go on whirlwind trips to different schools and high schools, it was almost a way of me kind of keeping tab of what I did, kind of like summarizing, like, okay, I did that. I went to that that high school and stuff. But as I grew more into the vocation work, I saw it more as a tool and the more I would learn about it, or for our vocation office, we hired someone that is kind of an expert in social media and very Catholic and faithful. And she was very eye-opening of seeing it as a tool. Like it doesn't have to have a mastery over you. So teaching people to be proactive, like, okay, I'm going to have this, but I want to understand this. Like I always joke, I'm like, I can make myself seem like I'm perpetually on it, 
but those are content calendars. You know, you go like, okay, these feast, feast days, you, you plug them in and they're going to, they're going to pop up. So, but in the realm of vocations, what I've noticed is it was a way of keeping in contact with me or people that are kind of curious to pop in to get a glimpse. But what I've noticed, the men that joined us in vocations, they might've had social media. It was part of their journey. And then now that they're kind of where they're at, they don't like, they deleted and, and get rid of it. So I, I see that as like a nice, nice progression that, you know, it's kind of a, in some ways a necessary evil, but I will say on a personal note, like Instagram in particular, especially when I was like traveling and something like there was something I enjoyed on the creative level of just like a simple video, putting stuff together, kind of like therapeutic. So I would spend more time on it like that than like maybe like kind of scrolling and stuff. And then what happens is for vocations, it was, it's my personal account, but the main gist of everything I'm kind of putting out for the most part, besides like cute baby pictures or like, you know, a funny picture of like my nephew, little nephew saying mass out in the backyard by himself or something, was vocational. So I see it, especially for a priest, like I don't want it to be a grid of my face or like me, my, the food I'm eating or something. It's interesting because some people end up being like what we might call lurkers, where they're just following a bunch of stuff, but just like consuming. And maybe they do end up kind of with the app having mastery over them and maybe a little more addictive than they might realize. But it almost sounds like you strive for the inverse, where you're trying to like depict the ministry and community that you're in the midst of and not necessarily be consuming a ton um, back from others. I thought, you know, for your family, of course, but. Yeah. Well, this Katie who works with us, like I remember she went on like a 10 day silent retreat, but she runs social media things. So she had set everything up. So like, you would never know she was gone. You know, she's out in the woods and, and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, you could have like a Luddite approach, which that's in me, you know, like we don't need any of this stuff. Like get rid of it all. Like, okay. I wish I was like, I have that strand in my family, the Catholic Amish uh, <laughs> desire. And then, then there's just like full board, you're waiting for the chip to be implanted in your brain. Or So for me, it's kind of finding that, like, how do I use this as a tool? Because I don't want to be on screens all day. So like when I worked in vocation, you kind of map out a person that maybe will join us one day. It's like, okay, well, maybe they saw something advertised for us and they followed one of our accounts. And then they reached out to us and then they came on a visit and then they came on another visit and then they joined like, you know, um, to see as one, not an end in itself, a means of it. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. It's a, it's a complimentary supplementary component to like a faith journey or a vocations journey that isn't necessarily the end all be all, but brings one to an opportunity of encounter with Christ or with church life. How would you describe thinking now of like the job that you are in and the ministry of Grotto Network? How do you think Grotto has made an impact in spiritual engagement or faith formation for the young people who, who are finding it, who have found it, especially when we're thinking of people who aren't particularly active in church life? Maybe they have a family history of being part of the church, but maybe personally as adults, they haven't continued it, you know, when it's up to their own choice. How do you kind of characterize or describe the impact that that's starting to have or is making for people? Yeah, I think maybe in a more effective way, Grotto's kind of doing what I might've been doing like instinctually with the, the Instagram account of what are we leading someone to? So Grotto Network has Grotto Chicago, you know, through these different storytelling of people's passion of finding God in different, different ways of approaching uh, areas of faith and spirituality from like unique angles that people haven't thought about. 
And it's kind of this gentle invitation and hope that people will kind of embrace the tradition they come from or, you know, return uh, to a tradition or uh, for those who are Catholic to, to be able to see their faith in, in a new way. So like the idea of bringing people to something concrete would be Grotto Chicago. And that's really inspired by the model of residentiality, resident life at Notre Dame, I would say. So like accompaniment, hospitality, presence. Yeah, I think from that, you can kind of, you can see from that building of community, our director out here speaks of that, of like, you know, journeying with people, accompanying them, hearing their stories, being a place of hospitality and welcome and presence, and kind of, yeah, being on this gentle journey with people, kind of seeing how it how it unfolds. So how would you describe kind of that meetup point between online avenues? Like, let's say you have an Instagram account of someone who's really creative minded or someone who's dedicated to learning the medium and presenting their encounters on the vocation ministry, you know, pads or in a school or church uh, community life. Where does the limitation of those things butt up against kind of the traditional pastoral ministry of encountering people seeking to learn their hearts and form their faith? Can you describe like maybe where you see the handoff or the boundaries for that? That's a great question. I mean, because we're such a consumer culture. So it's like, okay, we're feeding people stuff, feeding people stuff. Like, well, when does the when does the pivot towards discipleship or conversion or challenge, you know, in a loving way, when does that take place? And that just can't happen until some kind of trust and community is is established. I would say so. I think, yeah, a challenge for anyone in the social media realm or faith realm is like, I would say is how to how to move on from social media as quick as possible. I mean, like, you know, that's not the goal. You know, the goal of preaching isn't just to for that the words you're saying or being eloquent. It's what it's stirring up in someone and how they're responding to it. So the handover, I think it it requires creativity maybe some risk-taking of like, what does it look like? It's hard to get young people to come to things, to engage, but it's possible. Because yeah, at Notre Dame, there's a grotto network, a lot of creative, very talented people producing excellent content. And then Grotto Chicago is more like the concrete, like students from Notre Dame that are young professionals and working. And a lot of that, like the Grotto Chicago content is even more like, it's starting to be like more personal, like the stories that those people would kind of be able to relate to because it's in their city or like going out to dinner with them or lunch with them. So I think that's an aspect of it too, of like ministries in the church, like how are we highlighting the work people are doing or the lives that they're, they're living in a sense rather than just content. When I talk to older priests, like in Notre Dame, like it boggles their mind. When I'm describing like a TikTok thing, of like coming from a culture of like reading a book, and like reflection and taking a walk and thinking like, oh no, it's just like content creation, like flashing. And they're like, that's terrible. That's evil. I'm like, yeah, kind of. So, you know, <laughs> uh, in lots of regards, not just faith, but like leading people to some contemplation, inviting them to like step away. And yeah. And I think your self-awareness as an individual, as a congregation, as a staff at Grotto Network of the limitations and of not being the end in yourself, but being a a pathway to deeper faith or some kind of faith engagement is healthy. And that's probably how you constrain what you're doing towards making something beautiful and hopefully being the catalyst towards that. 
in that regard though maybe kind of a left field question is there a moment when you've been surprised in some way by the impact something that you made and put out there having on another person or the reaction you've gotten from someone else be it an older confrere or just somebody that you've come across in ministries yeah i mean in every regard so i'm like you know some people are just wired different like they just you could show them something you think's like it's like the classic like check out this youtube video like it's funny and people are like so I think from the sense of they just don't get it, they don't see the point to content that challenges people that, you know, I don't know about that, you know, even we're doing a series. It's funny. It's uh, one of the projects, because I'm relatively new. So I'm, I'm just like learning stuff, like a part of the team. But one of the projects that they asked me to help with was this question of comedy and laughter. And we interviewed all these priests and just asked them, you know, did Jesus have a good sense of humor? Like, was he funny? Like, was God funny? And like, it sounds silly, but it does open up like theological questions. And actually, it kind of can ruffle some feathers for some reason of like the laughing Jesus, like, you know, but it says something theologically. It's saying something that has implications, actually. But there's been a lot of wonderful just being a part of the team and seeing work that's been in progress of like highlighting good work and ministry that people are doing and like getting feedback, like our volunteer numbers kicked up after you did that video on us of uh, X, Y, and Z. So mostly positive and yeah, in the realm of like evangelization and anything within spirituality and anything in general, and people are going to have opinions, you know, the, the comment sections, but it's a great medium to, to get people talking, to get people thinking. So I don't even see like if someone disagrees with something, if it's done well, and I think Grotto's content's really well done and quality's very, very high. So if it's kind of stoking conversation, I think that's that's important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So maybe one last question then. What advice or insight, maybe thinking particularly of your time on the road and striving to do good storytelling and using media to cover your ministry and share the joy and encounter with others? What would you say to Viatorians who are trying to be good companions of young people and young adults today? What advice would you want them to hear or know from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, like you said, storytelling, I think like that's what our faith is. It's like, it's invitation, it's storytelling. This happened to me, this is my experience. And the more we know our own stories and articulate them, and it's not unimportant that we are engaging and interesting, you know, because sometimes well, my story's not that interesting. Like, well, maybe you haven't done enough <laughs> reflections. Probably there's there's something in there, you know? So I think that's that's one big thing of like, even in the realm of vocations, it's like the more I would think about like, we're all in vocations. The whole, you know, we all have vocations. It's all a call. It's helping people, whatever your state in life, to help them to know God, to know and to walk with walk with Jesus like anything worth anything, it takes some skill. It takes some like acquiring some, some skill and comfortability and being challenged and reflecting on your own story. And then ultimately, I think vocations and just even evangelization in general, I'm like, our faith is not that complicated. <laughs> so it's like intentionally not so. Like there's the creed and there's like basic traditional things within our history that work. And people fundamentally, if you, giving them opportunities to reflect on the big questions of their life, opportunities to pray, 
and for quiet and to know God through the gospels and the scriptures, it works itself out. I ran a summer program at Notre Dame. Last time I did it, we had 18 rising juniors and seniors in high school. It was really successful, but I was like, I would run any program the same way. Starting the day with prayer, <laughs> study, sports, like the basics of life and inviting people into those kinds of things. But that those can be kind of transformed more beautifully when they're within this lens of faith and God and stuff. So I think storytelling, invitation, keeping it simple, even though like the technology stuff's all crazy, but like we're inviting people back to the basics, loving their family, being good people, a good friends, friendship, prayer. And then of course, with, within our tradition, the sacraments. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Folks who would like to reach out can email Brendan at bmacalier at nd.edu, which is also listed in the show notes, along with links to Grotto Network. Our thanks to Father Brendan for sharing his insights and our prayers for his continued ministries within four young people. To learn more about the Viatorians or invite vocational accompaniment, email us at vocations at viatorians.com or DM us on social media at ViatorianUSA. On behalf of Brother Peter and the Viatorian community, I'm pre-associate Dan Masterton. Venerable Louis Curbs, inspire us. St. Vider, pray for us. Adored and loved be Jesus. Mm-hmm.